Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we never take it for granted this time we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody here and under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but my sincere prayer is that they get something out of this word that will change their lives immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, let's say our Bible confession. If you don't mind, it starts off. This is my Bible. Ready? Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out and to the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, welcome back. Back to our conversation that we're having. You know, the series is currently infinitely more. We're talking about our vision, 2024. Uh, it has three categories. Here's your first image. And the categories are restore, re-engage, and rebuild. We are talking about the rebuild category. If by chance you have missed any of the messages, I urge you to go back. They're available on podcasts. It'll get you all caught up. I recommend you go back as far as mid-August, but if you don't have that much time, or, excuse me, if you don't want to dedicate <laughs> that much time, go back to the first Sunday in January, and that'll be a good start. Now, we're going to jump in right where we left off the previous session, and that is we presented you a term, the gospel of you. What is the gospel of you? Well, when God rebuilds us, when he rebuilds you, when he rebuilds me, when, when God rebuilds you, his expectation is that you will become a champion for the kingdom. Embedded in you is a story. Look, 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 look at this next image. Embedded in you is a story a message, a witness, a message about how God brought you through, how God made a way out of no way, how God showed up when nobody thought anything could be done, and he showed up, showed up and showed out, how he showed you favor. That message, that witness, that story, that message is a testimony. And that testimony creates the gospel of you. Amen. The gospel of you, though, family. God definitely, without a doubt, wants you to share the gospel, specifically the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he also welcomes, he salutes you for, sharing the gospel of you because he knows that the gospel of you has a magnetic pull on other people. He knows that the gospel of you creates an interest that makes other people interested in learning more about God. There is a tremendous amount of interest, a heightened desire to learn about God when you stand in front of somebody and you open up the gospel of you and you begin to flip the pages and read to them 
the book of me, chapter 1, verse 1. My life was dark and void. I lived the best way I could. I had some good days and some bad days. I cried a little and I laughed some. I met some good people and I met some bad people. I had some successes, but you know what else? I had some failures. I'm talking about me living the best that I could. My life was on a certain path. It wasn't perfect. As a matter of fact, I could feel, but I couldn't put my finger on something was missing. Until one day, one day, I learned about a man. Some call this man a Nazarene. Some call him a man from Galilee. Some call him Mary's baby. Some call him the Rose of Sharon. Some call him the Lily of the Valley. Some call him, you know what they call him, the Son of God. Some call him Messiah. Some call him the Precious Lamb. But for me, I call him Savior. I call him Deliverer. I call him Healer. I call him Provider. I call him Waymaker. His name, his name is Jesus. And he is the Son of God. Do you want to know him? There's a magnetic pull when you make the decision to share the gospel of you with somebody. And guess what? While you're sharing the gospel of you with somebody, no time in that conversation, more than likely, have you picked up your Bible and read line by line to them that Paul said in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit produces love. You didn't pick that up and read, them to that, read that to them line by line. You simply exhibited it before them while you're in their presence. That person, those people, they're not learning the fruit of the Spirit from the Bible. They don't learn it there first. Initially, they learn the fruit of the Spirit from the gospel of you. Because while you're talking to them, that fruit of the Spirit is all up on you. The love of the Spirit is all up on you. The joy of the Spirit is all up on you. The peace of the Spirit is all up on you. The patience of the Spirit is all up on you. The kindness of the Spirit is all up on you. The goodness of the Spirit is all up on you. The gentleness of the Spirit it's all up on you. How faithful you are, it's all up on you. The self-control of the Spirit, it's all up on you. You don't have to tell them about Galatians 5 because while you're standing in front of them, you are being Galatians 5. I don't have to give it to you line by line. I'm standing before you. I'm living it line by line. That's what happens when you share the gospel of you the fruit of the Spirit, whatever's in those pages of the Bible, I am them before you. Galatians 5, can you, Galatians 5, it's easy to read. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit that the Spirit produces in a person's life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And gentleness. Go back to 22. You ain't cracked open, yo, for the, for the iPad. You ain't cracked open no iPad. You ain't cracked open no Bible pages. You ain't cracked open your phone to tell them none of this yet. But why are you talking about the gospel of you? The love of God is on display. 
The joy of the Lord is on display. The peace of God is all in your vicinity. The patience of God raining down on that spot. The kindness and the goodness of God, they can't avoid seeing it. The fact that you're just so faithful, they're picking that up through the gospel of you. It's all on you. Self-control, they can see it. The gentleness, they can see it. They're picking that up from the gospel of you. They learn that from you first. From you first. God knows there's a magnetic pull when you share the gospel of you. Do we share the gospel? Yes, indeed. Without a doubt. Gotta happen. It's the only way they get to the door which gets them to God. But I don't want you to miss or, or, or belittle the power of the gospel, the witness that you have in you. The gospel of you plays a key part. Keep me back to that gospel of you image. When you are sharing the gospel of you about how God has provided and saved and delivered and healed and, and made a way and all of the things that God has done for you, when you're sharing your witness, don't you ever think that the person or the persons you're talking to are not taking deep notice, not just of what you say, but of your life. There's a quote by William Tong that we've all heard before. It talks about you need to be careful how you live. It begins to drive home the importance of the gospel of you. We're going to read that together. Here we go. It says, be careful how you live. It's the first sentence. Ready? Let's go. Be careful how you live. You may be the only Bible some person ever reads. They may never go to Bible.com. They may never get on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. You got to say that thing with some syllable because they, they be getting your coin. Amazon will get your money. You feel me? But they may never go to Amazon and, and get on a Prime account and order them the, the newest edition of the Message Bible. There are some people who the only Bible they really truly read is going to be the Bible that shows up in your life, the gospel of you. Now, let me tell you how much your pastor loves you. You know I do already, but let me tell you how much I love you. I, 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 I said, God, I need to be able to say this thing that kind of really ties in with, with what we've been talking about. And he gave me a Benjamin Smith quote to go along with this one that close, more closely relates to what, how we've been saying it. So while you note Mr. William Tom, I'm going to give you a Benjamin Smith one to note. We're going to say that one together, too. Here we go. So, uh, a Benjamin Smith quote. Ready? Let's go. If not for hearing the gospel of you, some person may never want to hear the gospel. They may never want to hear the gospel. You've seen the image. You're the door to the door. That gospel of you is the magnetic pull that gets them to and through your door to get them to the door, which gets them to know Christ, which gets them to God. The gospel of you that gets developed after God has rebuilt you. 
that gospel of you plays a key part in somebody else's walk. It plays a key part in them wanting to learn about Christ. It plays a key part in them wanting to learn about God. It plays a key part in them going from how you went from the regular you to the rebuilt you. It plays a part in them going from the regular them to the rebuilt them. But God does the rebuilding, but they never get to God. If you don't share your testimony, the gospel of you plays a key part. It plays a part. It undeniably plays a part, and that's why God don't mind you sharing it. You're not telling them it's the gospel of me, but that's where, and that's where it ends. You know, you're telling the gospel of you because, you know what? I want you to come and get a piece of the same gospel that changed and enriched my life. And you point them to Christ. But before they even learn about Genesis or Thessalonians or Micah or any of the other things that you have in your 66 books, they learn it from the gospel of you. As we're going through our rebuild category, loved ones, there are three viewpoints that I want you to prayerfully accept Acknowledge, take as your own. And we have already nailed down one of those viewpoints. Let's look at it. Rebuild viewpoints. The first one. We've hammered that home several sessions. Let's read that together. Ready? Go. When God rebuilds us, you and I are built to do. Rebuilt to do. Correct. When God rebuilds us, you and I are rebuilt to do. What about this second one, though? The second one, interestingly enough, exists in a time or us talking about it, I should say, exists in a time that's ripe for us to talk about it. It doesn't surprise me. Of course, God knew it would be ripe to talk about it when we would talk about it. But for me, when I think about it, it's interesting that it's ripe to talk about it. But what, what do I mean by that? Well, before we jump into number two, it benefits from a lead-in, and that lead-in is just... It's just so God, because we stand chronologically in the month of January. We stand in January. And everybody knows there's a three-word term there, New Year's Day. Three, three separate words. And if, you know, if you had like a, I don't know, an English teacher or whatever, I don't know, how they teach English and stuff these days. They, they got a messing up the education system. But I don't know. They don't teach you to use punctuations no more. You can put things. They taught me anyway. And I, I say that because as a, as a seasoned person, when I've received written materials from younger folks, it, it, it comes across kind of text messaging. And it's not that they're not smart, that they're just not taught the same way we were to use the commas and the, and the punctuation and the pauses and all that stuff. And, and it, the brilliant, brilliant generation is just it's different. So when I see this, these three words, the way they're positioned, they mean something. And if you were to have an, a, an old school English teacher, if you were to say this term, the teacher would have you slow down because that space is a little pause between each word. So it's not New Year's Day. The holiday with that apostrophe S on that year is New Year's Day. Keep that pace in mind. It's going to be important. New Year's Day. 
why, why is New Year's Day there? Why is that holiday important to us? Well, because New Year's Day is when the majority of the world make commitments or those commitments are called what? Resolutions. And those resolutions have a certain trend. Notice this. Those of you who've been with us, you've seen this image. I probably presented this image four or five years ago. And that image four or five years ago was deeply researched. I'm sure everything's still the same. So here we go. This is a New Year's Day resolution trend. When the ball drops and people pop the bubbly, they say, I got a resolution. Now, those resolutions can be anything. Most of the time, they're natural, physical, material type things. You know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to be better to my husband. I'm going to be better to my wife. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to see my mama more. All kind of stuff. But they can even be spiritual. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to serve more. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get church on time. I'm going to do all kind of things. No matter what the resolution is, though, statistics show that if you, if you treat your year of resolution like a race, and everybody starts off on January 1st, and the gun goes off, bang! Everybody take off running. Some running a marathon, some running a sprint. It don't matter how they run it. The bottom line is, within 60 days, the vast majority of people have put that resolution to the side. They've failed. They've fallen short. They've thrown in the towel. Until by the time you get to the end of that calendar year, a very, 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 very small percentage of the people actually succeeded. And all those folks that put their resolution to the side, what do they do? <laughs> what they do is they feel bummed out and they say, you know what? Next year, I'm going to make this thing happen. So they get, take out their whatever they got, and they put their eyesight on the next New Year's Day, and they like, I'm going to gear up, and this, when it come around next time, I'm going to be ready. They wait for their reset, and I'm going to tell you that those people, unfortunately, wait for their reset unnecessarily because you ain't got to wait for your reset. Your reset can be today. And that is the crux or the essence of this second viewpoint. You, you ain't got to wait. You can reset today, but it gets even better. And to drive home the better, let's look at a very common scripture in the book of Psalm. Here we go. Amplify classic. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. It says, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime, or in his favor is life. The highlighted part, read that with me. Let's go. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, family, we're just going to take that sentence and use that sentence to drive home our point. I'm going to ask you or urge you, or if you want to get the full context, get in your Bible and read all of Psalms 30. You can read around it, before it, after it. But for us, we are just going to focus on that sentence and use the wording of that sentence to drive home the point that we want to make. 
Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When you hear that, it puts a certain mental image in your head. I don't know about you in particular, but the movie that plays in my head is somebody sitting around crying throughout the night waiting for the next day. That's what you do. <laughs> Cry. That's the image. But let me ask you something. Family, what if night and morning were not chronological? What if night and morning were not driven by the clock, per se? What if the span of time between night and morning, what if that span of time were driven in part by you? I want you to look at that highlighted sentence. Keep your eyes focused on that. We have two terms there, night and morning. And while you look there, I want you to assume for me that night is a negative circumstance. And morning is one's release from it. Now focus back on me. I want you to further assume, or farther assume, whichever one it is, they always, I get that mixed up. I want you to also assume, how's that? I want you to also assume, now, this scenario. You have a man who's dating a woman, and she make him cry. Now, for, for those of you who may say it to yourself, you know, men don't cry. You need to keep living. They may, they may not let you see them cry. But, oh, we cry. <laughs> Men's has feelings, too. But she make him cry. He's dating a woman that makes him cry. She ain't good to him. And guess what? She ain't good for him. Loved ones, the fact that the sun rises does absolutely nothing to change his night to morning. The fact that the sun come up does not change his negative circumstance into a release. Nothing. Sun come up. He's still crying the next night. Sun come up, he's still crying next week. The fact that the sun comes up does nothing to change his night to morning. But you know what does change his night to morning? The day he realizes in himself that when he looks at his night and he looks at you know, the knight in his, in his case has a face that he says within himself, I, I don't need to put up with this. When he says within himself, I am worth more than this. When he says within himself, I, 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 I've given you too much power over me. When he says within himself, I would be emotionally healthier without you. I would be mentally healthier without you. I would be physically healthier without you. If you don't get that one, you ain't, you ain't been in a relationship. But, <laughs> because those things can make you physically ill. Really? That's correct. That's fact. Things start to change when he says in himself, there is something out there better for me. Things begin to change when he says within himself, 
things need to change. When this man makes the decision to step out of darkness and to let light in, that decision advances his morning. But let's not just keep it with the fellas. What about let's, what about a lady example? We have a lady who works a job where she's unappreciated and underpaid. They don't appreciate her. Paying her pennies on the dollar for her value. She cried about it every night. Now, she does not let those folk at the office see her cry. But when she's driving home in her car, she crying. When she put her head on the pillow at night, she's crying. And guess what? The fact that the sun come up the next day don't do squat didn't it to change her night to morning. But you know what does? The moment she decides in herself, she looks in that, at that job within her and she says these words to that job, I deserve better than this. Amen. I'm worth more than this. I've given you too much power over me. I would be emotionally and mentally and physically healthier without you. There is something better out there for me. I don't need this. Something has got to change. The moment she makes a decision to step out of darkness and let light in, that advances her morning. That advances her morning. The decisions that you make make the determination of how long you're going to weep at night until your morning comes. Are you going to continue to weep at night and wait for your reset, or are you going to call forth your morning by making a decision for a change? To, a change has to happen. You don't have to wait for your reset. I'll give you one further or one more, or I'll tell you this part. Waiting for your reset, you may end up never getting your reset. Weeping may endure for a night, but weep, weeping may never end if you don't make a decision. Having talked about all of this, let me give you more clearly now that we have that background. Viewpoint number two. Let's chisel it down to something more specific. We're back to our word, New Year's Day. But I want you to rethink that. New Year's Day is something that happens January 1st of every year. But I'm going to put a new term on you, one that we've created just for us and Feel free to share it with your family and loved ones. But we, we are going to create a new term. Now remember, the first term, that holiday, that has that apostrophe S in the years, if you were to read that slowly, it would be New Year's Day. A three-word term. The term that we are presenting today is a two-word term, New Year's hyphenated. So, New Year's Day. There's only a pause between day. New Year's Day. Your new term is N-E-W dash or hyphen, however you want to say that. Y-E-A-R-S, no apostrophe, New Year's Day. Well, Pastor... How are we going to define that? Here you go. 
New Year's Day is any day you decide that from this point forward, all my years will be new. It's a defined day in your existence. New Year's Day is the day that you decide that from this point forward, every time I hit a year, that year is going to be different than the years I've left. New Year's Day. November 12th can be your New Year's Day. August 3rd can be your New Year's Day. May 15th can be your New Year's Day. February 11th, that can be your New Year's Day. Doggone it, today can be your New Year's Day. What's New Year's Day? It's when you make a choice, a real resolution, a resolve, a declaration, a decree that starting right now, today, from this point in time in my life, all of my, all of my years from this day forward will be new. You can decide today. No need to wait for a reset. You can decide my history of dating deadbeat men ends today. My history of dating trifling women ends today. It ends today. Hey, get this. My time of always having, let's get material for a minute, always having my copy broke down ends today. Take some responsibility for your stuff. My time of always having my car look like somebody's junkyard, that ends today. Oh, you understood me, Siri. Your day of having your house being junky is today. Your time of treating your children bad is today. Your time of showing up to work late is today. Your time of talking to me when I ain't talking to you is today. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. It starts today. Family, today is the day that you can stare down the eyes of that generational curse and tell that curse that you end in my family today. Divorce, you end today. Poverty, you end today. Bad parenting, you end today. Incarceration, you end today. Being the borrower and not the lender, you end today. Sad days, end today. No joy, ends today. Loved ones not talking to each other, that ends today. Today is my New Year's Day. And all of my years, starting today forward, will be new. And I don't have to wait my behind on January 1st to come around for me to do it. I can make my resolution right now. Oh, I missed it. Hold on. Right now. Oh, I missed that. Oh, hold on. Right now. Oh, I missed that. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, oh, right now. The world celebrates New Year's Day, the holiday. I want you to celebrate that any day you decide that you want things to be different can be your New Year's Day. You call forth your better days. Stop waiting for your joy to come in the morning. Go get your joy. Go get your peace. 
Go get your better life. You simply shedding tears, hoping that things are going to change, may just leave you with stock and Kleenex. Just going through tissue. But if you grasp the power in you making a choice that today is the day that new starts for me, you break free from the chronological bounds of having to wait for a new year to make a new you. The new you is always ready to be made. It's just waiting for you to call you forth. You have to let the light in. Let the light in. And what, 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 do I, what do I mean by that? Go look at this psalm. We've been talking about Psalm 30. That sentence, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Who do we know is light? God. When you let God in, your reset begins. When you let God in, the rebuilding begins. Allowing God to rebuild you is in effect letting light reside in you, which turns your night to morning and gives you joy. Everything that, everything that we have discussed, all the talk about reset, all, listen, we're talking about God rebuilding us. That's a godly reset. God's not making you wait for him to institute change in your life. The moment you want him is the moment he's there. The moment you let him in is the moment light enters. I've thrown a lot at you, but allow me to just chisel down this second viewpoint of rebuild for you. And before we do, go back to this one. Uh, let's, let's go back to the previous one real quick, because I just want us to read that together. You see the part at the bottom there? I said that. But let's read that together. Ready, go. Allowing God to rebuild you is in effect letting light reside in you, which turns your night to morning and gives you joy. I don't want you to miss that. But here we go. Thank you, by the way. Now we've gone through, we have two viewpoints. And of course, we're going to pick up the third the next time I am graced enough to be able to speak with you. But for now, here are the two. The first one, when God rebuilds us, you and I are rebuilt to do. The second one, God will start rebuilding the moment you allow his light in. Any day can be a New Year's day. Now, love, let's read those two together. The first one, let's go. When God rebuilds us, you and I are rebuilt to do. And the second one, let's go. God will start rebuilding the moment you allow his light in. Any day can be a New Year's day. As we point or set our sights towards rebuild, which we're, we're in it now, we're talking about it. But those two viewpoints 
are very important. There is a third, but that third is for the next time. For now, as you, as we depart for today, if you didn't get anything else, anything out of today, take home the simple fact that if you want to reset, it starts with a decision. And you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. All those people that have those resolutions, they want to, they want to be healthier. Why are you waiting a whole another eight, nine, ten months? That's that's eight, nine, ten months more that the enemy got to keep attacking your body with the bad things you do. We talk about, I, I mentioned generational curses. You know what's a generational curse? The generational curse of diabetes and other health, op health oppressors. And you know what? I'm glad you said that like you did. Come on, this is, I, I would never, I, this is not for ambassador. Say it in the mic so I make sure they forget. Say it. You cursed. Curse that in the name of Jesus. All right, now have, have a seat. Because here, I'm so glad you, thank you for saying that. Because, I, 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 please, I hope this hit right. But as believers, you and I are well versed in cursing things in the name of Jesus. However, we fail at times to stop doing the things that cause us to need to curse it in the name of Jesus. So while we're cursing it in the name of Jesus, on one side, we're giving Jesus something to curse in the name on the other side. Say it, say it, say it more, more plain. Jesus can curse. You can curse in the name of Jesus your high cholesterol, but that fried chicken, keep putting it back in. Let, let's, let, let, let's, let's try it again. We country folk. You can curse in the name of Jesus Whatever the lab numbers are showing up to be, but that macaroni and cheese, keep putting it back in. You can curse in the name of Jesus, whatever the number is, with the high blood pressure or whatever, but the fact that the only exercise you do is fork to mouth is putting it back in. You can curse all kind of things. It's like we talked about the, the whole thing with generational curses. You can, you can curse all you want to, the generational curse, curse of divorce in your family, but if you, in your relationship, if you're still talking like you want to talk, if you're still going out and cheating, if you're still just not doing your part, you know what you're promoting? You're promoting that generational curse to keep generating you you want to you want to curse? I'm a curse from the root. This generational curse of 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 all of my my family going to, going to, going to prison. But you know what? If all your family keep be gun toting, stealing, game banging, drugging, you got to stop it. You got to stop it. And you can't stop it. God, please let me say this. You can't stop it with prayer. And I, I know that hurt. And I don't mean it to hurt. And I don't mean to sound like it sounded. But you got to do some. Why you, why you, why you looking your daughter in the eye and, and cursing them? That doctor been telling you for four years to change your ways. And now, when your ways, I, I'm, not, I'm not confessing anything on anybody, but now when the, your ways have caught up with you, 
now you want to act funky. Say that. Amen. Yes, sir. The time to reset is now. Now. The time to reset is now. Take that with you today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick this up. Let's pray. I love you. God, I thank you that we, um, we've heard from you. And I thank you, God, that we haven't just heard. We, we've listened with the intent to do. You are so good to us. We thank you for being who you are in our life. God, give us all the resolve to remain faithful to you and to go forward in what you have us to do. Let us all Take to heart that you are there ready to rebuild us. And we don't have to wait. You're ready to build us right now. Rebuild us right now. Our reset can start today with a simple yes. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.